my friends, and welcome again to the Bible Lab, the podcast where we explore major themes from every book of the Bible in order to see how each page points us to Jesus, who he is and what he's done. I'm your host, Andy Wood. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, friends, we're going to talk about a topic today that's going to hit all of us. Uh, if you're a teenager in particular, or if you can remember being a teenager, uh, this one's really going to hurt. It hurts me even as I'm the one teaching it. Our theme for consideration today from the book of Philippians is grumbling and complaining in the wilderness. Grumbling and complaining in the wilderness. So as he often does in his writings, the Apostle Paul portrays the saints at Philippi as Israelites wandering through the wilderness and enduring difficult trials. In fact, when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is recounting stories from the Exodus and the wilderness wanderings, and he says to the Christians in Corinth, now these things, speaking of the the exodus and the miracles of God in the wilderness wanderings, these things took place as examples for us. Now, I don't think Paul means just for him and for the Christians at Corinth and for no other Christians. I think the us includes all believers, including the believers at Philippi. So they are to see the story of Israel in some sense as their story, and they are to learn from the mistakes that the Israelites made. Now, when we talk about the wilderness, we don't just mean a place where there's, you know, no gas stations close or you have to drive a half hour to find the nearest grocery store. No, in the wilderness in the Old Testament is often more of a spiritual description. Now, it's often depicted in the Old Testament as a place of treachery, a place of sin, evil, and unbelief. The wilderness, the idea of wilderness often symbolizes barrenness and hostility. In Isaiah 13, 20 through 22, Isaiah is announcing judgments against foreign nations. But listen to what he says. He says, it will never be inhabited or lived in for all generations. Speaking here of Babylon, the city of Babylon, it will never be inhabited or lived in for all generations. No Arab will pinch his tent there. No shepherds will make their flocks lie down there. But wild animals will lie down there and their houses will be full of howling creatures. Their ostriches will dwell and their wild goats will dance. Hyenas will cry in its towers and jackals in the pleasant palaces. Its time is close at hand and its days will not be prolonged. So when Isaiah reaches into his poetic tool bag to announce a a judgment of woe, an announcement of doom against Babylon, he basically says, God's going to make you into the wilderness. And all of his Israelite hearers would have (gasps) gasped because you don't want to be in the wilderness. Now we know, we know the story of the Old Testament. We know that God takes the people of Israel out of Egypt. He brings them through the waters of the Red Sea. He takes them to Mount Sinai. He enters into a covenant relationship with them. He gives them the Ten Commandments, and then he takes them into the wilderness. Now this journey on paper is to be, or it could take, as little as two weeks to walk from where we think Mount Sinai is to the Jordan River. It could have taken two weeks. It takes 40 years because God is testing the Israelites. And the Israelites fail the test over and over and over and over. And one of the primary sins that you see them commit is grumbling and complaining. Now, what's the big deal about grumbling? Well, grumbling in the wilderness and grumbling in our lives, whether or not we're in the wilderness or not, Grumbling in the wilderness is a verbal expression of a lack of faith in God. Remember what Jesus says, it's out of the overflow of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. 
So when we grumble and complain about our current lot in life, we are saying that God does not know what he's doing. God is not generous. God is not good. We can't trust God to keep his promises. Our grumbling, their grumbling, was a major red flag. It's a verbal expression of a lack of faith in God. I think one of the most illustrative stories towards that point comes in Exodus 15, 24. In Exodus 15, 24, the people have just seen one of the most amazing miracles in the entire Bible. They have seen the parting of the Red Sea, right? God splits open this massive body of water, allows the Israelites to pass through, and then brings the water crashing back down in the Egyptian army, thus winning their freedom. And they sing this song, song praising the Lord, and then three verses later, we see Exodus 15, 24. And the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? They don't trust God. They just saw God do one amazing water miracle. But apparently they think a second water-based miracle, a second water miracle is beyond God's ability. They don't trust him. Despite all that they've seen with their eyes in the plagues, in the parting of the Red Sea, they don't trust God. And therefore they grumble and they complain. Now, skip over the story of Israel and go to Jesus. One of the most famous stories of Jesus's ministry comes at the very beginning of his ministry. After his baptism, after his going through the waters, Jesus goes out into the wilderness, not for 40 years, but for 40 days. And there he is tempted. At the end of his physical endurance, after 40 days of not eating, Satan comes to Jesus and begins to tempt him. Satan is trying to undermine Jesus' faith in the Lord's promises. And Jesus withstands the devil's schemes by trusting in God's provisions. Matthew 4, 2 through 4, after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This brings us to a concept that you may have heard me talk about before. It's something called recapitulation. And recapitulation is a pattern that once you see it, you'll see it all over the place. And this is a great example of it. In recapitulation, a character in the Old Testament could be Adam as an individual or could be a group, the nation of Israel. They will be given a task and they will fail. In this case, it's trusting God. Adam failed to trust God in the garden. Israel has failed to trust God in the wilderness. And then you will see Jesus do something very similar and he will succeed. So Jesus goes out into the wilderness and he's tempted and he passes. And then the New Testament will say, that's where you are, Christian. You're in that same position. Are you going to be like Adam or like Israel or are you going to be like Jesus? Because the New Testament tells us as Christians just like it said to the Christians in Philippi, that we are all wandering through a spiritual wilderness on our way to the promised land. God has brought us out of slavery, not from Egypt, but from sin. And God is bringing us to a new creation, but we are right now in the wilderness. And the only people who are going to make it to the promised land are those who trust in God's promises of redemption. Just like in the story of the Israelites, only those who trusted God in this case, just Caleb and Joshua were allowed to go into the promised land. The rest of them fell and did not get to enjoy the land of Canaan. 
So friends, those who disbelieve and grumble will forfeit their inheritance in the new creation. And so with all of this in mind, all this Old Testament teaching and example of Jesus in mind, Paul commands this in Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Paul understands that if the church at Philippi is going to survive the temptations in the wilderness, they must put to death the sin of grumbling and complaining because it's not just grumbling and complaining. It's a verbal expression of a lack of faith in God. Just to drive home the seriousness of grumbling and complaining, I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And according to 1 Corinthians 10, 10, Paul says this, don't grumble as some of them, them being the Israelites who left Egypt, as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. They were destroyed for their grumbling, for their verbal expression of their lack of faith in God. And so friends, like Israel and like the church at Philippi 2,000 years ago, we today are facing temptations. We're facing temptations of idolatry, finding our meaning or security or purpose or satisfaction in something other than God. And we face the temptation of grumbling in the wilderness. If those grumbling at Philippi continued to do so, then Paul knew that their entrance into the promised land, the new creation, would be at risk. And the same is true for us. And so we can't go our whole life without speaking. So Paul doesn't say, don't grumble, don't speak. Paul wants them to replace their grumbling and complaining with joy and thanksgiving. And that's going to be our next topic. But for now, my friends, take up and read. God bless.